living in this world with a curse upon us. And we cannot, cannot attain to what the law is really telling us to attain to. And, and the law was really given ultimately, ultimately to point to Jesus Christ to say, without a Savior, we will never ever be able to live a life that is pleasing to God. We will never be able to bear fruit. We will never be able to, to um, look like a person that is following Jesus. Does that make sense? And so the Pharisees didn't get that, right? The Pharisees looked at it and they said, oh, we can do these things. And, and as we, you know, as I talked about this Wednesday night, I said, you know, I think sometimes, sometimes from one perspective, it's easier to have something that says, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do that, right? I mean, we can go check, 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 check. But it's a lot harder when Jesus comes and says, hey, by the way, uh, when you, I, the law says don't murder, but when you get angry at someone, that's the same. And it's like, whoa, okay, hang on, let's stop. Let's stop right there. The law says don't commit adultery, but I say even if you look at a woman or a man or whatever in lust, that's the same as adultery. Wouldn't it be easier to just leave this alone, right? Okay, I, didn't, I haven't killed anybody. I haven't, I haven't uh, committed adultery with anybody. I don't lust after someone. I don't get, you know, do these other things that Jesus says not to, you know, or the law says not to do. But when Jesus takes to that next level, it's like, okay, now it's, really, it's becoming difficult. Okay? I want you to turn with me in Matthew chapter 5. If you didn't bring your Bibles, please grab one out of the back of the pew in front of you. Please follow along with me because I want to show you a couple things uh, from the Scripture here as it as, uh, as, it, as we get into this, really this next little section after the Beatitudes. Now again, as we've been talking, we went through the Beatitudes, the first, uh, uh, first five or six verses, and it talks about these attitudes that mirrors Christ. And, and we realize that there's no way we can hunger and thirst for righteousness. We, there's no way we can hunger and thirst for the things of God unless we are very humble and broken. If we're not humble and broken, there's no way that we can thirst, because why would we thirst for, for God's righteousness? It's when we come to the realization that without the saving grace of Jesus Christ, there's no way that my life is ever going to matter. There's no way my life is going to have significance or any of those things. And, and, and when we get to the point where we realize that I can't do this without Jesus, and to the point, guys, where it's not some head thing where we have it in our minds, I can't do this without Jesus, but it travels that 18 inches down our hearts that truly says, I am a messed up, broken person, and without the saving grace of Jesus Christ, it's when we get to that point that we can start mourning because we look at ourselves and we look at the world and we see things through the eyes of God and we see how God sees things and how much it breaks His heart and it begins to move us. And so we begin to become people that are very humble. We're broken. We become people that, are, that mourn. We're poor in spirit because we know that we, and then we begin to realize how much God loves us and that He wants this relationship with us. And so at that point is when we can truly start hungering and thirsting for righteousness. And when we do that, we begin to supersede the righteousness of the Pharisees and the scribes in which we talked about last week. You see, the Pharisees, again, were all about the external, which is so much easier. But Jesus says, no. It's about the internal. And we've been talking about that through the whole, this whole series because what is on the inside is always going to come out. 
If you have a heart at war, you're going to be a person that is always in conflict. If you have a heart at peace that's been, that's been surrendered to Christ, and you, you're going to be a totally different person, what is on the inside will always come out on the outside. Some of us sitting here this morning, unfortunately, still believe that we can dupe other people. That we can even dupe God Himself. That our lives on the inside are a wreck, they're messed up, but we can put on a smile and say everything's great. Let me say that you're being deceived. Satan is deceiving you. Because what is on the inside is going to come out and change things around you. So if it's toxic on the inside, it's going to become toxic on the outside. Jesus in the past... I want to say this too. As we started in this next passage of Scripture, I, I really have been struggling with... A, Satan doesn't want us to hear these messages. And what we're going to talk about today, Satan does not want you to hear. Because some of us are sitting in this morning and we're struggling with what we're going to talk about today. And some of it may fuel what we're actually talking about. For some of you, you're going to receive this message in the Holy Spirit. You're going to surrender yourself to the Holy Spirit and you're going to realize where, where you've been off and you're going to actually take steps and respond to what the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And... And, and, and so I pray that, um, I just want to acknowledge that, that, that um, you know, I sense a spirit from Satan that's going to want to distract us this morning, that's going to want to deceive us, that's going to want for us anything but hear these, this message and all the messages, but this message in particular. Because we're going to talk about murder, and what murder really is deals with anger. And so as we look at this, Jesus says in verse 21, but before, I want to say this, in these next few verses, these next few in, in our Bibles, um, it kind of puts them in, 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 a, in uh, different categories. The first one we're going to talk about today, you have murder. And in verse 21, he says, you have heard. And notice how he says this. In verse 21, you have heard. Verse 27, you have heard. Verse... Um, 31, it has been said. Verse 33, again, you have heard. Verse 38, you have heard. What Jesus was saying is this. Jesus was, he wasn't, again, abolishing the law. What he was saying is, you've heard this. You've been taught this. But I, what I want to do right now is I want to clarify some misinterpretations because what you've heard is correct, but how you're interpreting it is, is off. That's what he's saying to them. You've heard this. You've heard don't murder. You've heard not to commit adultery. You've heard not to lust. You've heard to keep your oaths. You've heard these things, but let me interpret to you what that truly means. And this morning as we look at that, that's what Jesus is doing for us this morning as we have this passage of Scripture. He's going to clarify what murder means. You've heard not to murder. Verse 21, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother... Let me switch over here and, and, and go to the message. We, we did the message, and I like the way the message uh, uh, paraphrases it. It says, you're familiar with the command to the ancients, do not murder. But I'm telling you that anyone who is so much as angry with a brother or sister is guilty of murder. Carelessly call a brother idiot... And you just might find yourself hauled into court. Thoughtlessly yell stupid at a sister and you are on the brink of hellfire. 
When you do a study on that, what it's saying is you are, when you call someone an idiot, in fact, the, uh, the other translations call it a fool, when you call someone a fool, what you're doing is you are slamming that person's character morally and, and their, the essence of who they are. Basically, what you're doing is you're saying, I get that you're creating God's image, but you're a fool. And Jesus is saying, you do that, you're in risk of hellfire. You have no place of calling someone else stupid, an idiot, or a fool. I've created them in my image. I died for them. They are my prized possession. Who are you? That's pretty strong. And he says, thoughtlessly yell, stupid sister, and you're on the brink of hellfire. The simple moral fact is that words kill. He goes on to say, this is how I want you to conduct yourself in these matters. If you enter your place of worship and you're about to make an offering, you suddenly remember a grudge a friend has against you, abandon your offering, leave immediately, go to this friend and make things right. Then and only then come back and work things out with God. On or say you're out on the street and an old enemy accosts you, don't lose a minute, make the first move. Make things right with him. After all, if you leave the first move to him, knowing his track record, you're likely going to end up in court, maybe even jail. If that happens, you won't get out with a stiff fine. So what Jesus is doing is saying, you've heard that it's not right to murder, that it's wrong to murder, but I'm telling you, if your anger, if your anger gets so much involved, that's, that's just as, that is murder as well. You're slamming that person, and, and it's, the worst thing, it's one of the worst things you can do. So essentially what we're going to talk about today is a couple of things. The first one is this, uh, a couple of points here. Number one, don't murder. Now, let's talk about murder, because many of us, we can, you know, it's easy to say, I haven't murdered anybody, right? I haven't killed anybody. I'm suspecting no one has done that in here this morning. If you would have, you might, we might be talking to you from another, with a sheet of glass in front of us, or bars or something, right? But I wonder how many of us have murdered someone with our words. I wonder how many of us in this past week have murdered our spouse or our, ch- our children with our words. I wonder how many of us, and let's not stop there because this really keeps going to the, and this is where it gets extremely tough. And it keeps going deeper. I wonder how many of us are sitting in here and we have a grudge against somebody because they've done something against us. And so for years we carry around this grudge. Guys, that's murder. Using words to defame someone is murder. Being angry with someone because you're not getting your way is murder. James tells us in his letter, he says, the reason why we get so upset is because we don't get what we want. Let's face it. If we're sitting in here this morning and you have something in your heart with the Holy Spirit, and this is where it's going to be so easy to say, I can't listen to this, I can't listen to this, he doesn't know what he's talking about, I don't like him, I don't like the way he's dressed, I don't like this, I don't like that, I'm disgruntled, I'm not going to listen. Satan is in your camp. Please don't let that happen. Because we have the ability, we have this awesome opportunity, as we're going to celebrate in a few, we have Jesus saying, surrender it, I want to give you new life. And I know that it's hard. But if you carry this around, it's going to kill you. It's going to cripple you. It's not how I've created you. And so for us, we need to be very... We're people that I'm telling you what, as humans, we have it down pat. Well, you didn't say anything about, you know, passing off contempt. You know, I mean, we always find the loophole in things, right? 
the glances that we give people, avoiding talking to people because we have this grudge. Think about it for a second. If you're in here this morning and you've been dealing with some anger, what is it? Just think. What is it that they've done that, 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 that has created this anger with inside of you? To the point you're willing to allow it to crush your fellowship with Jesus. Because that's what it does. I didn't say it breaks your relationship. I didn't say that you're not saved anymore. I said it crushes your fellowship with Jesus. And we're going to read another verse in 1 John here in a few minutes that's going to bring that to a head. But when, when, when Jesus is talking about murdering, it's not just as He states here, it's not just about the physical act. It's this act where we hold grudges, where we spread contempt, where we criticize people and we label it constructive criticism. Guys, I know that some of you say, well, you're saying we can't improve things. Guys, that's not what we're talking about. And deep down you know what I'm talking about. From time to time, we'll receive letters. It's happened to you before. Someone will write a letter. They don't sign it. And and they make it sound like it's constructive criticism. If it's constructive criticism, why don't you come in and let's have a conversation. Being critical and saying, I'm just being constructive. I think there's another command about something. It kills us. Anger kills us. It is literally murder. It's going to kill your spirit. It's going to kill the other person's spirit. Your spouse may be feeling it because you, you because we're, you know, we're, we're we're bearing this grudge. We're having the, you know these the, these things with your children may be experiencing your coworkers whatever it is. It's murder, and Jesus is saying. Don't let this happen. Guard yourself against this. And when we live in a humble state before God, if we've committed murder this week, God gives us this incredible opportunity as we come here together. In fact, we don't even have to be here to do it, but we can come and confess. And Jesus will forgive us. And He will restore us. And that's what we're called, that's the spirit we're called to live in. And so the first one is don't murder. The second one is this don't murder in your heart. And what that means is, again, that's that whole internal thing. On the outside, we paint this picture. We try to shove it off onto other people where we say, look, I'm not upset. I'm not upset with you. I'm not upset with this person. I don't carry a grudge. I don't breathe contempt. I don't do these types of things. When inwardly, it's just killing us. Look what Hebrews 12:15 says. It says, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Now look, listen to this. Watch out that no poisonous roots of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. You see, that's what anger does. We start thinking about it. We get upset. We say, well, nothing's really bothering us. And, and, and we may avoid other people. We, we don't want to talk to them because they, we, we don't like them for some reason. I mean, I mean, when we truthfully think about it, sometimes the reason why we don't like other people and avoid talking to other people and want to be around other people is simply because they may not agree with us. They might not agree with our political views. They might not agree with the, 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 the music that we like. They might not agree with the way they, we dress. They might not like... The, I mean, you name it. There are things that just boil down to what James is saying. We don't get what we want. It, they're silly things. Silly things. And we think it does no harm, 
And, but yet, what happens is, it's just this little seed gets, this little seed comes in our mind, comes down. We don't take it captive, like Paul says, take everything, every thought captive. We don't do that, and we allow this seed to kind of flicker down, get in our hearts, and Satan's like, yes, I've got them. Because what happens is, that seed begins to germ, and it begins to grow roots. And the next thing you know, we have this bitter, poisonous plant growing up inside of us that dominates our thinking, it dominates our minds, it dominates our perspectives, it dominates everything. And if we're not careful, we literally murder ourselves because that's what you're doing now. You're not only murdering someone else, but now you're actually murdering yourself because you have this poisonous plant growing up inside of you that you've allowed to germ down in there instead of saying, you know what, Jesus, I need you to take this because this, is, this, is, this isn't right. This is wrong. And by the way, that is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. If we live in harmony with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis, an hourly basis, a minute, you know, minute by minute basis, the, 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 the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to come and to lead us and to correct us. And that's where if we live in that surrendered state with the Spirit, the, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, can point those things out to us and we can submit them to Christ. Some of us are sitting in this morning, we are so irritated with life. We're so irritated with other people. We're irritated with this. We're angry about this, 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 and this. And, and the Spirit's saying, wow, give it, give it to me. I'll take care of it. But it's as if we don't want to. It's almost like we enjoy being angry. And so we murder ourselves. And again, as I said before, if we have a, a heart that's at war, it's going to come out. Our external, or our internal, as we've been saying, is always going to change the external. And for some of us, we sit in here blinded by that, and we say, I don't have anything inside of us, inside of me. Invite a couple friends next to you, and let them candidly say, or let them intimately come into your life and ask them, how do you view me? And if someone's a true friend, which is extremely hard because we don't like that type of vulnerability, but if someone's a true friend, they can look and say, man, you've got, some st <laughs> you've got a root that is festering. It's germing. And we need to pray and turn it over to God. Because you're murdering others and you're murdering yourself. And then the last one is this. Don't leave murder in someone else's heart. This is where, this is where I think that... I, I mean... There's probably people, and this is unfortunate, and it's not just unique to us. This is humanity. There's probably people, I, I know, there's people sitting in here this morning that if we look around the room, we could say, I don't like that person, I don't like that person. I've got a grudge against that one. I've got an issue with that one. I, I'm, I don't talk to them because, you know, and we have our reasoning. But, but, but what we're doing now is we're not only murdering ourselves, now we're murdering that person, whereas that person may not even know. That person may not even know what's taking place, but you're avoiding them and you're, you've got this contempt against them for, for who know, whoever knows what reason. And what you're doing is, again, you're not just murdering yourself now, but now you're murdering, you're putting your, your, your murder and contempt and, and your anger into someone else's heart. Listen to what First John says, which is very, candid, very pointed. It says, if someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a what? A liar. Some of us are absolutely deceived right now because we, it, it's so unclear to us how that can be true. But it's absolutely true. 
If there are things, if there are issues that we have with another brother or sister in Christ and we can't love that person, we're a liar. And we say that we love God. Oh, I love God. Do you understand now why when Jesus says, hey, if you come in to a place of worship and you're bringing your gift in, you're coming into my presence, you're coming in receiving forgiveness and grace from me, you're coming in and receiving my love, but yet you can't extend that out? And oh, by the way, you've really offended me. You can receive that, but you can't go to another brother or sister in Christ and seek reconciliation and seek resolution. Jesus says, if your heart is in that position, don't continue your worship with me. Don't continue your worship with me because it's not genuine worship. What you need to do is leave your gift right now and go and seek reconciliation, restitution, whatever it may be. That's powerful. And for some of us, we can sit in worship services week after week after week and we can feel blessed. And I'm telling you, you need to allow, we need to allow the Spirit of God to do His ministry within our hearts. Because Jesus says, if you, you know, that's not right. You need to make restitution and reconciliation. Now, I want to point something out here real quick. Uh, you know, as we studied this passage, I'm thinking... How could a person, you know, someone comes in and it says, you know, as the Scripture says uh, in that verse, it says, therefore, if you're offering a gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Now, I want to be very clear here because as I was studying this passage, what this doesn't mean is if someone has a grudge against you or has an issue against you because of something that is just, ridiculous that, that that's not what that means what that means is as we live in this humble contrite state surrendered state before god and his holy spirit is living inside of us and do and, and we're allowing his spirit to have freedom within our lives when we come in and we worship the spirit of god is going to communicate to you whether or not you've truly offended that person does that make sense? Because there's going to be times where someone else is going to be murdering you in their heart and trying to do it in your heart when you haven't done something to earn that. This really comes down to living in such a state before God that you know that if you've offended someone, I'm convinced there's no way we can, we can come in and just say, well, I, I didn't know I offended someone. We know when we've offended someone. Let's be honest. In the pro when we have offended somebody. There are times where we don't know we've offended somebody because we've got someone over here that's offended over something that is like you used a number two pencil versus a number three. And I'm upset with it. I mean, how can you make restitution with that kind of silliness? You can't. But this is genuine where we come in and we know whether we've truly offended someone. And if we've truly offended someone, the Spirit of God is leading us to say, stop, go make restitution and reconciliation. But... It goes back to that second point. If there's a person over here that you know is upset with you because, and you don't really know why. I mean, you, it, it's over a disagreement where they, whatever. I mean, just over something that is just that person is the one that needs to, to, for the spirit to work in their life. Does that make sense? I mean, that's like saying that's like saying when you're in leadership, it's something you know that there's going to be people disagree with you. You know what I'm saying? How could you possibly go to everybody and say, "Hey, are we on good terms? Are we on good?" You know what I mean? There's going to be times where people are just going to disagree with other people, and they're going to dislike them for 
something just natural. Something that, that, that doesn't, you know what I mean, make sense. But this is talking about when we truly offend someone, when we truly, when we've truly offended someone, the Spirit of God will bring that to our minds. And I'm convinced that as we live in the harmony and that relationship with God's Holy Spirit, when we open ourselves up and live in that vulnerable state before God's Holy Spirit, God will, through His Spirit, bring this to our minds. Some of us are sitting in here this morning and we know exactly what I'm talking about because the Spirit of God is pressing on you right now. So, here this morning, as we uh, take a few minutes to... We're going to close out and we're going to close with communion. Uh, Before we do that, I want to give us an opportunity to respond to the message. There are some sitting in here this morning where we've murdered someone. And we know it. And I want to just implore you to make it right with God. I want to implore you that before we take communion, before you come into the presence of Jesus and literally receive His ultimate sacrifice for you and, and accept His unconditional love and forgiveness and grace, that you think about, you allow the Spirit to come in your life to say, you know what, there are some, there, I, need to, I need to go to some people to apologize. And so I pray that this week, as we, as we, that, that, that right now, that you allow the Spirit to bring those things to your mind. And if you're sitting in here this morning and, some, and you are murdering someone, you're murdering yourself and you're murdering someone, I pray that you would have the, 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 the love for Jesus to open yourself up and in this week make restitution with the person that's offended you or that you've, that, that you've, that you're holding a grudge against or breathing contempt against or something like that of that nature. I want you to use this time to just allow the Spirit of God to connect with you. I get that this is a hard message. I get the last thing Satan wants us to hear is to be people that's going to open up to the Holy Spirit and be led by the Holy Spirit and to live a life where Jesus has full reign of our thoughts and everything that we do. I get that. I sense that. I sense the heaviness of this message. But I pray that we would be people that would respond and we would say, I'm going to allow the Spirit of God to have free reign within my life because I love Jesus. And I want Him ultimately to, to have free reign within my life. So I pray, as, and as we talked about, if you were at the... Um, if you were at the outdoor service, one of the things I said was, God has a specific message for each and every one of us in here this morning through this one. He knows exactly. I don't, I don't know the things, the inner depths of your hearts, but God does. And every single one of us that's sitting in here this morning, this isn't by accident that we, chose, that we, that we got up this morning and came. But God is wanting to connect with you. And He has a specific, unique response for you this morning. Maybe you don't have contempt, and maybe you're not murdering other people within your life. You need to spend a few moments praying for others that may be struggling right now. If you are in this category, this is where I pray that you would just open up and respond to the the power of the Holy Spirit and receive the message that God uniquely has for you. Here's the thing. Jesus came and said, I want to give you life. 
And this is the way we receive life. This is like one of those things where you try to lose weight or you try to get in shape. It's like it hurts really bad up front. But once we cross a certain precipice or kind of cross that, you know, we, we, we keep our motivation going, and then we cross over that, that, that hurdle, it's like we start feeling good. We start feeling good about ourselves. We start, we start feeling good, health, you know, in our, we feel healthy. But it hurts up front. And I think that's what this is. These, this, 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 this whole teaching of Jesus is saying, man, you know, I get that this is going to happen, but I'm telling you, I'm giving you the power to deal with it. I'm giving you the power to have life and have life to the fullest. And this other thing that, that you have going on is not going to produce what you are looking for and what you're searching for. Isn't that the reason why we're mad to begin with? Because someone went against us and so we believe that this person is blocking us from truly having, again, what we, what we think we need. And Jesus is saying, let me have it. Let me deal with it. Let me guide you. Let me direct you. Let me give you the words to say. Let me give you a peace, a heart of peace. So this morning, I want us to... Uh, as, as Melissa play, plays, I'm going to lead us into a word of prayer. And I would pray, and then I want, I want Melissa to play for just a few moments and just give us a time to respond. And I pray that you just bow your heads and your hearts and that you would just, just uh, take that first step connecting with Jesus, with God's Holy Spirit. Because He's here this morning. And He's wanting to minister. And He's wanting to give you life to the fullest. But it may sting a little bit at first. And so I, I want us to take this time to just spend a few moments praying with God. If, if, um, you know, if you're coming in here this morning and you have a heart at peace and you're, you're experiencing life that, that Jesus gives you because you get this stuff and you understand how slippery of a slope this can be at times and you've dealt with it or wherever, I pr- would you please pray? Would you please pray for others? Because the last thing that Satan wants is for people to have freedom of their bondage. And so I pray and invite you to pray for others. But let's just use this time. If you want to, however God wants you to respond, would you please respond? If you want to come forward and pray, we would love to pray with you. But I pray that you would just respond to the message and to the leading of God's Holy Spirit right now. Let me lead us into a word of prayer, and then I want to give you a few moments before we take communion. And then communion is that awesome opportunity to come and to to just celebrate the life that Jesus gives us. And so let's just uh, take a minute. Um, You don't have to be a member here at Element to take communion, but you do have to be part of the family of God. Paul makes that very clear. Uh, in his teachings that if we don't if we're not a fan how can you celebrate something that you're not part of and so Paul tells us that if we do that we can bring damnation on ourselves so please if you're not a child of God avoid communion or better yet surrender your heart to God become part of his family that he so desperately wants you to be and participate and celebrate what he's done for you and so let just bow our heads and our hearts and let me lead us into a word of prayer Father Your teaching is tough because it cuts to the core. 
It's so much easier when we leave it kind of at the top where, you know, that whole physical aspect of murdering. That's, that's kind of easy, but Jesus, when you take it to the inner depths of our hearts and say that even when we have contempt or grudges or thoughts or we say words or all these, just whatever it is, that becoming angry is just as bad as is murder. That, that hurts. And Jesus, I pray that you would help us not to close off from this message in here this morning and fall into the, into the grasp of Satan's deception. But Father, I pray that we would um, embrace it and we would allow your Spirit to search our hearts and bring to mind where we have grievously hurt someone, ultimately grievously hurting you. And so I pray that uh, we would respond and we would confess to you and humble ourselves and allow you to just embrace us and forgive us and put all kinds of love on us. And I pray that if you lead us, or as you lead us, to make restitution with others, that, Father, we would follow and we would do that and surrender all this to you. Jesus, you know who really... You know each and every one of us in here this morning. You know where we're struggling. You know each how we're so uniquely designed because that's how you created us. You know where we're hurting. You know where we're struggling. You know where we're, again, buying into the deception. I pray that you would just break through. I pray that your spirit would have freedom here this morning and break through what Satan is wanting to destroy. I pray that instead of being deceived and being continued held in bondage, that we would find sweet freedom in you and allow you to fill our hearts with joy and peace and gentleness and all the fruits of of your spirit that you so want to manifest in us. Thank you for your love. Thank you for never giving up on us. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for letting us be here this morning to hear this specific message but give us the power to respond, the ability, the confidence to respond. And we pray and we ask all this in your powerful name. For a few moments, please just continue to bow your heads and your hearts, spending time with him and allowing him to just have freedom in the inner, cess, inner, the, in the inner depths of your heart.
As I prayed, God, I thank you so much that um, you're a God who absolutely adores us and loves us unconditionally. A love that is so hard to receive at times because it is so foreign to us. To think that you could love us so much. It goes beyond our reality. But yet by faith we receive that truth. And this morning we confess where we have fallen. We confess where we are broken. We've confessed where we have sinned against you. And we've harbored thoughts against others. And we have anger built up in our hearts towards others. And Father, we come in your presence and we open our hearts up to you and we confess those things. And we receive your, your spirit. And we also receive your instruction to go and to make resolution as we go about our week this week. And we celebrate the fact that we're leaving here a changed person. Stripped away of bondage that we've been dealing with for some time. Roots of bitterness that has been overtaking us and clouding our thoughts and our minds and our emotions. So, Father, as we continue to prepare our hearts for communion here, we just... uh, pray that you would just anoint this time and let us just celebrate your presence and, and the, this awesome gift of the, again that we can't describe that we can just simply receive by faith and so we just uh, we just give you thanks if the ushers would come forward we're going to um, distribute the communion elements to you Please hold on to them until everybody's been served, and we're going to do it together as a family. So as the ushers come, they will uh, serve you, and then we will take communion together. Would you please stand as we get ready to celebrate communion here and just acknowledge what Jesus has done for you? I, I, th- I hope it's safe to say I thank you for your patience as we distributed the elements. If you got impatient, angry, kind of missed the point of the message. So... I do appreciate that, but I want us to think about something um, as we prepare our hearts for communion. I want us to think about the anger God could continue to have for us, that Jesus could have had for us and said, you know what, I'm I'm not going to go to the cross. After what, you know, I'm being God, I created these people and then they do this. They don't deserve the sacrifice. But he didn't do that. And when you read, you know, when I read that, I'll be honest with you, when I read the, the, the sacrifice that Jesus uh, did, um, that's where we all can thank God that Jesus did it because I probably wouldn't have done it for you. I mean, let's be honest. The ridicule, the, the, all the things that he endured for us. Even to the point as we this past week may have really just murdered all kinds of people, He knew that before he even went to the cross in his all-knowing power. But yet, out of this unconditional love that he has for you and that he has for me, he went to the cross and he hung on the cross. 
and he endured it. And because of that ultimate act of self-sacrifice, that ultimate sacrifice, you and I are able to have a relationship with God. That we don't have to spend eternity separated from Him. That we can have a relationship with Him. And not only that, but we can live lives that are full of, that's full of life. And free of bondage of Satan. It's been conquered. Death has been conquered. Where is the sting? There is victory now. And we stand and we celebrate that this morning. So as we take these elements, let's take the bread and let's remember the ultimate sacrifice of His body that hung on the cross and died for our sins. Let's take and let's eat. Not only was His body brutally tortured, but He shed blood. And as we take the cup and we remember this, let's drink and remember this. Again, the ultimate sacrifice of the blood shed again for us to have life and remember His unconditional love. Let's drink. Father, again, we just give you great thanks that we can stand here and we can receive your love. And we pray, Jesus, that we would be people that as we receive it, we would be conduits and it would pass forward. That we wouldn't be murderers, but we would have hearts at peace and we could, whatever it is that we may want to get upset about, we can bring to you, confess it to you, allow you to take it, allow you to deal with it, and give us the power to become, to to have the ability to have life and life to the fullest. And it's in your great sacrifice that we stand here and celebrate in your name. Amen.